But you may put a coat of paint on it. Yeah, but it, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there, right? But what people don't understand is how did they get that diamond, right? That's that's known as the apartheid diamond because it was stolen from South Africa from killing and murdering people. You know what I mean? And again, that's the same idea, right? Of like, they're going to do. Welcome back to the third episode of Next Stop Africa. I'm your gracious host, Amy Kikoma. I am Congolese. I'm here with my beautiful co host, Benny. She's from Rwanda. And we have three special guests here with us today. Uh, first one, you guys already know Luden, uh, Dominican. Puerto Rican, second guy, <laughs> funniest man I know, Robbie, Mr. Cameroon. I'm beautiful too, my boy. <laughs> and uh, third and very special guest, he's back here with us today, Malik from South Sudan, uh, currently in Kenya. Um, hope everybody's been doing well. Uh, actually, our very own Benny, actually, did you just take the MCAT? You just took the M category, mm, right? You wanna pull this out? <laughs> you really gonna do me no, like No, no, I'm saying, you know, we're very proud, you know, you're about to become a doctor. I haven't even applied to medical school. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, yeah, manifest that thing. Yeah, man. we're manifesting passed. right now. You passed M cat. Exactly. Amen. You know, for the fellas out there, bride price just went up. So Yes, sir. <laughs> you gotta be rich. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, she ain't no gold digger. Before we get no into comment. <laughs> I mean, how do you want to his kid? Oh, honestly, you want to where? Yeah, um, I did go to his kid's first concert. Um, oh, well, the first night, um, it was in Boston, and um, first of all, the the theater itself. <laughs> gotta be the worst theater I've ever been in in my life. No windows, no air conditioning. Like, imagine, you know, you have a room full of, you know, people of color, majority black people. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, the heat in there was, was crazy. And this is pre anybody moving, like nobody dancing yet. You just walking in there and the heat that was coming out of there was crazy. Then you got the lights, you know what I'm saying? Like the stage lights. So, you know, that has a lot of heat coming out already. So yeah. we were already dying, just standing there. And then he comes out, they start doing the whole thing. Everybody dancing. I was drenched. Once I left that theater, I was drenched. My shirt was like, what? You know what I mean? Um, But it was a good show. Um, I think honest opinion, I think, um, I think he, he should have performed uh, more of his old songs. They, they, they played it, right? You know, um, his DJ tunes, he, he played, he played the songs, but you know, Wiz, he didn't really sing the songs, you know, because obviously like he came for the tour of Made in Legos, but, yeah. which is understandable, but you know, he had the whole crowd singing, you know, to be honest, that's why we came. <laughs> like we came to hear the old tunes, you know, but again, like overall, like it was a good show. Um, I think the second night in New York was like a, was a better show than, than the Boston one. Cause you know, it's New York. So you got to give the energy, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
but it was it was a really good show though you know everybody everybody's energy was on point tunes on hands down one of the best djs out right now like everything he he does anytime he's performing is like the best thing but but yeah uh if anybody if you do have a chance you know i, I know a lot of his shows are sold out but there's still some that are not just definitely definitely go see him support him you know he's doing big things also when he did essence that song is overplayed now but when he performed essence like it gave you chills because you know everybody in there was vibing like it was like it was this sort of energy in there that was like it was good you know but when i'm when i go to when i go to functions i'm not a big fan of hearing the song essence anymore because like it's played out you know non-african djs be like where my africans at plays essence where my africans at plays if <laughs> you know so now it has fallen to that category of if fall joanna so <laughs> they don't ruin a good classic for everybody but but yeah you can never ruin joanna man you bro oh my no. god bro that's the worst yeah I'm i cannot i cannot listen to that uh, song uh, uh, anymore. Uh, i don't want to hear that blasphemy that blasphemy that y'all be saying i need y'all to keep that energy to yourself all right i don't need that nah, type bro. of negativity no. in my life bro that song yeah that song is so <laughs> overplayed like they need to just bury it yo my yeah. goddaughter's name is joanna Oh yeah, but what? Hey, so, <laughs> she'd be singing that shit. She'd be like Joe, Joe, Joanna, little little two year old thing like they're singing, jamming Joanna. You can't tell me that's not the most beautiful song on earth. So I'm gonna need y'all to keep that blasphemy to yourself. Nah. <laughs> they overplayed it, bro. But <laughs> but yeah, um, but with that, we could uh, get in into today's topic. Today's topic is on stolen art and culture um, in regards to Africa as a continent as a whole. I was reading this article. Um, Yes, I do read when I have time and I am not lazy. Uh, My attention span is not long, but I do read short articles. But yes, I was reading uh, this article um, titled, We Want Our Riches Back, The African Activists Taking Treasures from Europe's Museum. And I feel like that was that was an interesting title, so it caught my eye, you know. So, and um, the article is about a Congolese activist, Mwazulu Diambanza, and so for him being Congolese already is like, you know, yeah. I had to, I had to finish, you know. I had to see what this amazing guy is doing, you know. It's about um, Diambanza and uh, his supporters. And basically what they do is they go into European museums and they take back stolen artifacts. <laughs> so they're basically Eric Killamongers. I was just yeah. going to say that. <laughs> that's, that's, literally, that's literally what they do. So they just go in, they take back the artifacts. Um, so this article is actually uh, pretty recent. Um, it was written in February of 2021. So it's just happening right now. And um, I'm surprised, like, this story was not everywhere or, like, um, his movement is not as well known as it should. But they recently went to the the Branly Museum in Paris, uh, which which says they have around, like, 70,000 stolen objects from, like, sub-Saharan Africa. Um, they ended up taking a 19th, 19th century African 
funeral post that belonged to the Bari people of Chad. Um, so once they took it or how they had it stole it. <laughs> once <laughs> once they stole it, uh the police the police didn't recover the object and they held him in custody for three days and he had to pay like a, a thousand euros for attempted theft. And then a month later he was in Marseille. He attempted to remove an ivory spear from the Museum of African, Ocean and Native American art. And then uh around autumn he was in the Netherlands and he attempted to remove a Congolese statue from the African Museum of Bergendal. Wow. Bergendal. <laughs> but yeah, so over there once he once he did that, you know, they um they gave him a fine for two hundred and fifty uh Euros and two months suspension sentence. But him and his supporters, they had like plans uh, for the rest of the European countries, uh like Spain, Germany, Portugal, and the UK. Uh they are even were looking at the Vatican. So they had like this whole whole thing of like going to the rest of these countries and just taking back <laughs> everything that was stolen. But COVID happened, so they weren't able to do it. Um, they did put emphasis on the British because, as we know, the British and the French are like, I'm going to keep my opinions to myself today. It's too early. Sunday. We shouldn't be talking crazy on Sunday. But yes, um, they did put emphasis on the British because they stole a lot of objects from the Kingdom of Benin, which is now southern Nigeria. Uh, and like... um. I guess the most famous thing that they stole was Benin bronze. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but um, if you have a chance, you should definitely look up um, what that is. It's, I never actually knew what it was until I saw it today. It's actually it's actually really beautiful. But but yeah, so they're looking to probably take that back. So <laughs> hopefully that happens. Um, if I could join, <laughs> nah, let me chill. <laughs> let me chill. Uh, but uh in the article it did talk about um Robbie's favorite favorite person, uh <laughs> President Macron <laughs> and how he uh he promised to return like uh like African works that are in the French National National Museum. But and this was like in twenty seventeen, but since then only like 27 restitution have been announced and only one object <laughs> has been returned and which was a a sword that belonged to Omar Sadio Tall. Um, he was from Senegal. He's a West African political leader, uh, Islamic scholar, and the article called him a warlord, but we know he wasn't a warlord. <laughs> you know, you can't, if you're defending your, your home country, are you a warlord? But um, it's definitely a good read. I think everybody should should check it out. Um, I think it sparks good ideas. Um, you can see that the stuff that they're doing is not, you know, it's not different from what was already being done. You know what I mean? So they're just basically applying pressure and in hopes of like, you know, Sometime down the line, those artifacts will actually be returned home, you know, and they also talked about, you know, after like, after getting those stuff back from, you know, the 
those museums, they also would start looking now at like all the privately owned stuff that, you know, people have taken and they keep with them as theirs now, you know. So reading that article kind of brought me to, you know, my, I guess my two questions for today, you know, or like kind of opening up the floor a little bit to what I actually wanted to talk about. First one is why are African artifacts still in Western museums? And second question is, will they actually be returned or do we all have to turn into Eric Killamonger in order to like get this thing accomplished? Okay. Okay. We're not condoning, we're not condoning violence right now. <laughs> no, nah, he didn't, he didn't do nothing violent. He just went to take the, you not remember the saying that he basically blew up the entire, almost the entire hotel, and that he poisoned the ladies and the people in the hotel. Hotel. I'm talking about just taking the artifact out. From yes, the that's museum. how he took it. I mean, she didn't die. <laughs> she just passed out. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, that's not what we're condoning. I'm just saying, like you know, having to like go in and actually physically take the artifacts. You know what I mean? So. I want I want to actually start with Robbie. So, Robbie, why do you think like African artifacts are still like in oh, the Western Museum? <laughs> Let me answer with the question. I how do museum work? How does a museum work? How does it generate money? Mm, by I guess by people paying to see the the stuff that they have in there. Exactamente, like uh, Sam Jackson would say. So yeah, you gotta pay to see artifacts that you can't otherwise see. If those museums don't have those African artifacts, how, how do you think they're gonna charge money? You slash they won't, right? Because everything is, almost everything is, seems known as far as, um, Europe, you know, history goes. Like, you, I'm not gonna take a trip if I'm European. I'm not gonna take a trip to the Museum of London just to see armor and swords and all that. Because guess what? In France, if I live in France, we have them. I mean, it's it's our history, you know. So it's nothing, um, quote unquote, extravagant. It's not. It's it's not something that you don't know about. You want to explore. Um, the unknown, that's, that's the whole spirit behind a, a museum. Now, if they return that to Africa, if people want to see it, they're going to have to fly back to Africa and pay there, contribute to, to the economy in Africa. And that just won't do now, will it? So yeah, that's why I think we are most likely never going to recover those artifacts. Also, if I remember well, uh, well, a few years back, uh, countries was, were actually asking England to return artifacts, and they said, well, you ain't going to take care of it. Right? We stole it for you, from you so we can take care of it. You know, that don't make sense. So what I say is maybe we should take a little bit of Killmonger action and get and get it back, but and if you don't like Killmonger, that's okay. You can you know get a little bit of Lupin? You know, Lupin is what it's part of the French folklore, right? So let's get it. <laughs> I'm sorry, side note. 
that show is so good, but it's like, how can he just throw on some dreadlocks and he's a different person? <laughs> like, yeah, see, that's not the OG Lupin. Like, no, 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 I know, but I'm saying that the show, like, <laughs> once, once, it's, once you watch the OG Lupin, I mean, don't get me wrong, Omar is a great actor and all. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just watch that show. Yeah, yeah no. But yeah, yeah it's just we funny, should. Yeah. When uh, you were telling the name of that gentleman doing God's work, um, all I could think about was like, ah, we should give him some loop and training. That mm-hmm. way he's still all that back, you know? Mm-hmm. And is it really stealing if you're reacquiring the stuff that's been stolen from your land? Exactly. That's what you I was know? saying. And we were talking about Killmonger. Okay, let's forget about Killmonger. Let's just look at Wakanda as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dohe Milahe. Right, what do they do? They go around the world and recover Wakandan uh, technology, Wakandan artifacts. That's essentially also what the Black Panther do. That's what T'Challa did. He went around and he recovered stuff that were taken from the Wakanda people. Right, so it would be no different of the African, uh, the African leaders would be no different if they were to say, okay, you know what? You're giving our stuff back, you know, and we're going to get it by any means necessary, Malcolm X. But yeah, that's my take behind it. It's as simple as that. Benny, why do you think African artifacts are still in Western museums? Because they're the best. I mean, uh, Rabbi just said it. Um, Listen, everything originated from Africa. So all the original arts are going to be African artifacts. And the fact that they hold so much value, these countries will go broke without African staff and art being the top one of it. There's an example of like, there's this Bangwa queen. They say it was given by this speculation that it was looted by German um, in 1899 before they, they went to colonize the kingdom. And it ended up in a museum in Berlin. And apparently it was sold in 1926. But in 1965, a collector bought it about $26,000. A few years later when he died, that artifact, just one, was $3,400,000. Just one. But if you look at like different arts that are outside the Africa, this is some statistics that I took from um, a certain Host, where they say British Museum holds at least 73,000 objects. France holds about 90,000 artifacts. Belgium holds more than 120,000, mostly from Congo, that was stolen during King Leopard regime. And German holds about 75,000, of which 10,000 were looted from Maji Maji, I think they call them Mai Mai, uprising, 
from Tanzania. So all this, if one aircraft was sold 3.4 million US dollars, if you sum up all this money, even if you think that African, I was looking at, I was trying to connect it to how much money that Africa owns in debts to the West, only our aircrafts can cover up all those debts. But why would they want to give it to us? And as he said, when Macron when Macron said that they should return them, um, one person said they should return them on loan. So Africans will have them while paying uh, the West, basically US, um, uh, US, uh, US, British, uh, Empire and France and all. Mm. So which basically doesn't make sense to us. And when you look at this, we're not just talking about Europe, even though we know like Europe colonized the most of the African countries, the African arts are everywhere. They have been looted everywhere. Currently, uh, I think this article was written in 2018 when they discovered that the National Museum of African Art in D.C. has about 42 objects from Benin. And the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York has at least 160 objects that can be traced back to Benin City. Mm. So every powerful country <laughs> has African artifacts that was wrongly uh, that. I would say Longry because it was looted and there was a lot of bloodshed happening. Most of these things belonged to the kingdom, to queens, and people had to be killed. Like, let us not be fooled that, oh, African... Yeah, some of them were given as gifts, but, like, if you understand, like, majority of these artifacts were stolen and millions of lives were lost so that they can acquire this. I saw one of um, a dress that was brought back that belonged to the queen, the queen of Ethiopia. You don't tell me the queen just gave her own dress to a random guy. Obviously, it's in it's in European or Western museum because apparently they think Africans we are not able to take care of our own arts, so. Um, my favorite comedian, Trevor Noah from South Africa, says it so well. And I hope we'll be able to like upload some videos of his coverings in this because I I think he covers it so well. They basically think, oh, we just did it. And we're like, oh, we don't know what it is. You can have it. No, African did us because they knew it, they value it, and it has it's our culture. Basically, you stealing any artifact, you stealing our culture. You have heads of 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 our queen. You have uh, faces of our strongest military, um, like soldiers. You think we just want you to have it, and it doesn't even connect with you. You can't have it, mm. but they just by any means necessary, they want to keep it. So that's why it's still in the West, in Western Museum. We can't have it. Mm. 
Maybe I should have saved Benny for last. Uh, but Ludin, Malik, either one of you could kind of jump in. Uh, but the question is, why do you think African artifacts are still in Western museums? Uh, right before I answer the question, I wanted to mention real quick that uh, the piece about Wazulu Diabanzo was really interesting. I enjoyed reading it as well. And uh, there's something that I think was worth mentioning, which is that he formed the Multicultural Front Against Pillaging, which is a yes. movement that... Yes, yeah. I did forget that. Sorry about that. Yeah, which is a movement that aims to unite or to spark a conversation among, I think, uh, Native Americans, Asians, and Africans um, to sort of um, encourage the, the Western world to return the stolen artifacts from all of these places. So I thought that was interesting too. So uh, to answer the question, apart from the points that have been mentioned by Benita and uh, Rabbi, sorry, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. <laughs> it's Rabbi. Rabbi. <laughs> Rabbi. It's okay, um, they might get it wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it's another way to also discredit African, like ancient African civilization and uh, African culture, because the more they keep them there, the more we continue to forget our roots, because this is how we basically kept our our history. It was passed down through um, oral um, oral conversations by the elders. It was also passed down through paintings and through these carvings and, and artifacts that were made. Um, it's another way of also us forgetting our... Um, um, well, I don't really have the word right now, but uh, these, let me say, religious rituals. Yeah, that's the word that I was looking for. Uh, rituals that were performed by the elders as a way to uh, to also pass down, you know, our histories and to as a way of preserving our identities. By the way, that's two people that said that article was good. So the rest of you guys, I'm expecting, <laughs> I'm expecting you guys to read this. <laughs> But yeah, Mr. Luden, what do you think? I'm usually a very positive person and like to, you know, think the good and stuff. Um, Not this time. Whoa, calm <laughs> yourself. Calm yourself. You know, there are, there are some good stuff to when it is done correctly. But I cannot get away or I, I can't stop thinking that this is tied into more of a modern day institutionalized slavery where it kind of, you know, where you can argue about how, you know, sports team museums and all that are just a kind of a modern day puppetry kind of version um, of kind of slavery where it uses, um, for soliciting, for selfish reasons, for self-promotion, to use um, to use uh, the black community as their means and methods of gaining themselves and going with the slogan, the rich get richer and the poor get poor. Um, because, you know, and there probably are some some artifacts that, you know, that were absolutely, you know, discussing about and be like, yep, those can go over there. Or they found them and there really wasn't a clear line of communication. You have your ins and outs like that. Um, but are a lot of them taken without question, without any kind of acknowledgement or anything like that? Pretty much a lot of those. Um, you know, 
yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of what I have because uh, it just it just can't stop looking like a kind of a show off kind of uh, let's use them to put on a show. Let's use them for our entertainment. Let's use them for our enjoyment is how I see all of that. So that's kind of like how I kind of see it. I hope I hope it answered the question. <laughs> hey, hey, I I'm the, I'm not gonna lie, kind of lost me a little bit, <laughs> but I don't know. Can you maybe you can help me understand what you were trying mm. to say? Like, I guess I got the first part, mm. the idea of it being like a a modern day institutionalized racism. I follow mm. that. I think after that, I got kind of. <laughs> I got kind of low. I mean, I didn't derail. I just can. I just added on points. Is all on I that. said. I was, okay, yeah, so, on that. So. It was basically what it was because it's like, do you have your moments when you know where there are some artifacts that were discussed about to put on for viewing? Yeah, mm-hmm. where there's some that were probably taken and they were found in like on ancient areas that you know people there was no line of communication or like any kind of agreement because there was nobody who owned it and they probably took it for viewing, saying then they found it. Probably. But do we have a lot of those that are just taken for the hell of it and taken just to kind of show it off for their entertainment? Like some like some art, uh, artifacts that are just kind of used to kind of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Or trophy. For what? Spoils of war. Like spoils of war. Spoils of war. war yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's. Yeah. Thank you. It's something like that. I don't know. It, it just feels weird. You know, I think it's different if it was, I think the, I think also the intention of the museum probably plays a part of it because if it's to show off, I'm going to try to explain this as best I can. If it tries to show off in a very uh, exposing, soliciting type of way um, where there's just no meaning there's it's just there to kind of say look what we found we found this and we found that kind of very very selfish very self-centered like then that kind of gives you a good indication of how they got it as opposed to museums that you know show the struggle and that show a a culture appreciation of it which is different where it it's appreciating the culture of what came behind it um because the original intention of museums is to show the appreciation and a deeper knowledge of understanding and of emotional connection uh you know through people through the culture through history through all of that um and is gone just like in any other area has gotten corrupt to a certain degree how corrupt up to for debate but that's kind of my answer on it. If I could say something, um, uh, for me, I don't care whatsoever reason they have it. The museum is not in Africa. This is an African culture and should only, only be pride toward Africans. It being in the US, it being in the Europe, we're not benefiting from it. America, UK, France, they are making billions of dollars from this. Billion. Yet, Africans are poor. But our true 
treasures. When we're talking about treasures that have been rooted, we're not just talking about gold, right? Even if it's a piece of tree that was carved the time I went in, that is time is money. Even if you're showing it, you're claiming to show an African culture, it's not it for us because that could be saving 200 people's lives because a lot of people might be dying out of starvation, but you're making 3 million or one Africa. How much people can a 3.4 million save on a daily? A lot of people be saved from it. So even if you have good intention, as long as that museum is not on African continent, it's not it. It doesn't count. It's not benefiting us. It's not benefiting our future generation. The best and the only way, the right way, is to return every single artifact that was taken from Africa. Because if you care about African culture, you can fly in and go watch it. You haven't seen an African country that came and rooted British uh, artifacts and we put them in our own continent. We don't do that. And that's the only thing that I keep saying how Africans are so nice as compared to the outside. And it's so common. We don't just talk about, as much as we say, like, we talk about African, African arts. It's just like the Western has so much entitlement. We do know for fact that Europe, I will talk about British, like as much as they also rooted like African, they also rooted other countries. I do believe that one, uh, if you search it up, one of the crown that the queen wears, one of the diamonds was rooted from India. They know that they, they, those were rooted from India. They could have decided to return it. They didn't. We do know that the Benin bronze belonged to the Benin people. It took how many years for them to do, or they wanted to show it, how much money have they made out of it for all these years. And then returning it, just returning itself makes, like, we appreciate it, but how about benefits that you've made out of it? Are you also going to return the benefits that you have made out of it? Because had that uh, Benin bronze being there, uh, in Africa, how much money Africans would have benefited from it? All these years, we are at loss. We didn't benefit nothing from them and their outside. So I don't care what uh, the museum purposes they have in the outside. As long as this aircraft are still out, those are not right. And I throw a devil point or a devil's advocate point. I was going to say, what if the museum, it is a black owned museum and solely black owned, not like by corporation or nothing like that. Uh, real quick. That's highly unlikely. That okay. Was, no, 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 no. But that's no. not to say that it can't happen. Dang. But realistically, we live in, in a, in a rape. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, how like yeah, but that's not to say that can't that can't happen because right, you know there's black owned businesses. But, 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 come on, for them to I get their hands, hold up. You into, all right, go ahead. <laughs> um, black owned, yeah, I mean, it's great that's black owned, but the fact that it matters to remain, you know, it doesn't matter. Take the people from uh, Persia, right? Let's say, actually, no. The Africans are not benefiting anything from it. It's all stolen. It's black owned, yes. 
but it doesn't serve anything to the African country. So the, fe- the the problems still remain, right? Now, if you had come instead and say that you can, I mean, some museum may be able to display African art, right? Depending on the, um, depending on the, uh, how do you call it? Uh, how, how it was taken, how it was acquired. Right. Depending on that, the circumstance in which the art was acquired, I can see an eventuality. I was just going to say that because it sounds like we're assuming that like there's their agreement is no trade back, no nothing, which is not what I was trying to say at all. See, if um, most of the art of real problem with all that art is the way it was acquired, it was acquired, it was pillaging. That's essentially what it was. It was essentially uh, the colonizer going in Africa, murdering people and bringing back trophies, right? It was results of self th- of slave trade, right? They were bringing back trophies and they decided to exhibit that to say, oh, look at what we did there. That, yes, in that case, yes, absolutely. We should definitely get that, that thing back, but... For example, let's say they had done and they were given an emphasis on given with that proper documentation and everything. Like it's proven that they were given the art. Yeah. I, why not profiting from it? Sure. But I can almost guarantee you that all the arts that's being exposed in a museum is stolen. Right. That's why people the people want their art back because it was stolen. You you came, you pillaged, you murdered, and you murdered and you pillaged. That's why we should get it back. That's I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Right. Okay, can can I just say I'm not trying to go against anybody because it sounds <laughs> no, like everyone's against no, no, I was like, no, 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 no I'm just trying no, to bring no, a point. Like I said, no. I, 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 Robbie yelling at me, Benny, I'm Amy, I'm like, no, 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 bro. No, I, it's, it's, yeah, it's a you know you're bringing a different uh, a different side to the conversation. But I with with you saying that right, um, with the idea of a black owned um, I guess uh, art museum, right? Uh, Let's say it exists, right? Oh no, 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 no. We could put a pin in. I'll do you one better, right? Everybody know Tiffany Company, right? The 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 jewelers, right? Yeah. Most recently, right, the, the the famous yellow Tiffany diamond, right? Beyonce was put on a campaign ad. She's the first black woman to ever wear the Tiffany diamond. I think she's like the second person to ever to ever wear it, you know, right? The idea of, I guess, rebranding and being more like uh, uh, to, to, to make it more attractive to, to black people, right? You mean, but you may put a coat of paint on it. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there, right? But what people don't understand is how did they get that diamond, right? That's that's known as the apartheid diamond because it was stolen from South Africa from killing and murdering people. You know what I mean? And again. That's the same idea, right? Of like, they're going to just give those artifacts to a black person so they can open up a, you know, a black, you know what I'm saying? And 
So here they are. They give the diamond to Beyonce, uh, first black woman. Boom. Oh, you know, exactly. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, how can you do black as king and then turn around and do this? That made no sense to me. It made no type of sense to me. You know, you made your coins off of black as king and then you're going to turn around and make money off of a diamond that like, Damn right. That's how it works. It's, you know what I mean? Money. So that's the I'm same sure. feeling. I, that's the same feeling I, I would get if I walk into, you know what I'm saying? I'll be happy. Like, okay, you have, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's nice. You're a black person that owns this. I'm happy to be there. But then if I see, I see this artifact, it's like, bro, come on. You know what look, I mean? Like, look, let's dial it back. What's the problem? Forget about black owned and all that. What's the problem? The problem is, Western countries have art that uh, was stolen from African countries and they are not willing to give it back. Right? That's the problem. Now, you have the black owned guy or gal in America or France or Belgium or wherever, right? And they have that art and they're not giving it back. Has the problem changed? No, it has not. So, black, white, Hispanic, yellow, green, Kryptonian, it doesn't matter unless you give that back. It's simple. So, y'all saying that museums should be only, only be locally based. So, as in, if anything resides within that culture, it should only be in that co- country's origin of a museum. So like, uh, I'm gonna throw many uh, different countries examples. So like in France, anything that was like a France um, artifact should stay in France. Anything that was in like Nigerian artifacts should be a Nigerian museum in, in Nigeria. Like, are we talking like in that kind of aspects that museums should be country specifics uh, in that kind of sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But remember what we said uh, a few minutes ago. Right. We said the big problem spans from how it was acquired. Right. So let's say Nigeria gives to America. Right. As a gift. Right. A collection of Yoruba mask. Right. And America decides, you know what? We're going to donate it to the museum of, I don't know, New York City and New York City Museum put it out there for display and collects money from it. Is there anything wrong with it? Absolutely not. Right? Is it being displayed in Nigeria? No. Is the West still profiting for it? Probably. Right? But you won't see Nigeria come come and say give it back. Now, if America goes to Nigeria, kills a bunch of people, right? Colonize Nigeria. And then take a lot of those spoils of war back to New York City and leaves Nigeria alone and say, we're done colonizing you, you are free now. And put those thousands of Yoruba masks on display and make money off of it. That's where we at. That's the problem. The problem is not that the the stuff is being, the art is being displayed in uh in, in, in you know 
in Western country rather than African country, the problem is that it was stolen and they're profiting from it and they don't want to give it back. The money really isn't the big problem. The money isn't the problem. The problem is that they don't want to give heritage back. That's a real problem. Uh, so if I if I could just jump in real quick mm-hmm. to um, Ravi mentioned that uh, how it was acquired by those Western countries isn't the the, the big problem, right? It's and you also mentioned is the real problem. The way okay, it's the it real problem. Yeah. Okay, then you mentioned that uh, if it was given, then it's not such a big deal, right? I don't think it's I, a big deal. Yes, I would like to disagree with that. Um, but before I do so, I would also like say that I disagree with the point that money isn't a big factor as well, because um, if we look at China today, they have a lot of uh, uh, cultural artifacts that are in their country, right? And people come there. China earns billions of dollars a year from those, from tourists, heritage, I think it's called heritage tourism. So now going back to the, how it was given, I mean, how it was acquired. um, I in my history class, we have very many scenarios where um, many African kings and chiefs and locals were lied, I mean, were deceived into signing contracts um, to exchange their, 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 their goods and services in languages that they did not understand. In very many cases, very many people gave out land thinking that they were getting their fair share, but no. They will just make you sign a contract. You don't understand it. They just get your your your, your fingerprint, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, he agreed to this, so you know, um, he understood what he was doing. So we have a right to this. Uh, we have a right of claim to this uh, to this artifact or to this piece of land or to whatever other uh, product or service that they've received. So many cases where um, artifacts were supposedly given." these people were tricked into signing those contracts or were tricked into giving those artifacts. And I think we still need to debate generally about all the artifacts that were there, regardless whether they were um, uh, given or, you know, looted. That's uh, my opinion. Um, real, real quick, my bad, Benny. Um, I want to I wanna add on to what uh, he just said. Um, he mentioned about um, China making money, right, off the... The Heritage Museum, which was also a point I was going to make, because um, if you look at recently, probably like a couple of years ago, like 2019 or something like that, when Ghana and Nigeria had the the year of return, when they generated, um, I think like probably like a million, I think like a billion dollars uh, off of uh, that. One one point six, I think it was one point six billion. Yeah, yeah, off of people just going back. You know what I'm saying? So now imagine if they had those artifacts. You know what I'm saying? Like you. People are constantly gonna, you know, you, they're gonna go back. You know what I'm saying? So again, right. it's like money is like also an issue. It's kind of like um, if we make sure that these countries in Africa don't have the funds, you know what I'm saying? Then you know, what I'm saying? It, it's it's all like a, it's kind of like a whole pyramid thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if they don't have the funds, then they can't do the next step. You know what I'm saying? Then they, you know, so so they know what they're doing. No, I um uh, I completely agree with whatever like you guys have been saying so far, and just another like take on on uh, um there's this story that was published in March 2019, and it goes like this. But it was written by it was published by BBC in Nairobi. A British museum is to return a lock of hair that 
the Ethiopian government considers a national treasure. It was cut from the head of the emperor, Theodros II, who killed himself rather than being taken to prison by the British during their, nine, their 1868 invasion of Ethiopia. His seven years old prince, Alima Yuhe, was taken to the UK along the looted treasures. He became a favorite of the Queen Victoria before dying, aged 18. His remains are kept in Windsor Castle despite the campaigns for their return. The strands of the Emperor Theodore's the second hair were given to the National Army Museum in London 60 years ago. Some people were saying, oh, this hair was taken from a dead person who killed himself. But what was the reason behind him killing himself? Because they came, attacked his kingdom, and wanted to imprison him. We know what they did to any king or queen or any government officials they, they, they captured into captivity. Most of them were killed brutally. So even if you come and say, oh, they removed this hair from a person who killed himself and they justify like, oh, we didn't kill him, he killed himself. It's still gotten Ill, like illegal, not righteously, because the reason behind it. That's my take on it. I'll, um, I'll add on to that. Even uh, Patrice Lumumba, right? Belgium, Belgium kept his tooth. You know what I mean? And more recently, like his family was asking for that back because like um, in, in the culture, it's like when a person dies away from home, right? And you can't bring the body itself back home. They need at least a piece of them, you know, to be returned home, to be buried there for, for like, you know, for closure purposes. But even, even that, like, why, why are you keeping his tooth? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. Like, for what? Like, you're, you're going to display somebody, somebody who you executed. Like, it just, it makes no sense, you know? But so they were supposed to return, I think, like June or something, but because of like COVID, whatever. But <laughs> because of COVID, they couldn't bring it back. So I don't know. I don't know if they were Those return are it. But, but yeah. How does it, not, how does it make sense? It, it, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Power trip. Yeah. It's basically excuse it. As you say, like, this hair that was taken, like they were refusing to give it back to the Ethiopian government. Until now, uh, as just read, the prince that was basically kidnapped after they caused the catastrophe in his kingdom, he's still buried in UK and he's the prince of Ethiopia. He's supposed to be buried in honor in Ethiopia. But how much people are getting money from this? You know, not even um, a general Ethiopian or general African person who would want to even just go see his tomb or anything. They don't have access to it. But it's in the kingdom near the queen who has caused, I don't know how many, 400 years struggle to the continent, to the African people. It's just anything they say, COVID, trust me, there's, there's still a lot of business going in, out, like with, within and with, between countries and between continents. 
that tooth could have been brought even in the peak of COVID. People were still running business. So whatever they're doing, they're going to find excuses to keep having it because the longer they keep it, the more money they make. There's nothing else. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to add on to that. Like uh, another example of remains of uh, an African leader that have been like that are still being kept abroad. There's a there's a guy called Mboya Nehanda. I think he was a he was a spiritual leader in uh, in 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 Zimbabwe. He was a leader of the Shona people. Currently, the 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 Zimbabwean government and the people are still crying. I mean, they're still asking, begging the the Western world to return his remains, but. Uh, you know, to no avail. They're not listening. They're not even giving room for conversation. But I was reading somewhere that uh, I think France and um, Britain, they have laws, government laws that prevent them from even returning any of the, the pillaged or looted artifacts. So that makes it even hard. It makes it makes it seem like the conversations that we keep having are just futile, you know? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, you put a law like don't return the stuff you stole like that you can't make this stuff up like that's that's really insane and that's why Malcon only brought back a sword they stole so many things that he brought back a sword bro he probably wanted something in return yeah yeah he did France is everyone Africa, France is in Mali, France is in Libya, France is everywhere, man. Like, if he brought that thing back, he was, he probably made a deal somewhere to keep some, to keep a base somewhere. Like, I, I have a a question. Um, I have a question. How do we prove that, uh, these returned artifacts are not replicas or fakes? Wow. (laughs) I did not even, yeah, I did not even think about that. No, there are measures. They kind of measures against, uh, against that. The problem is, I don't even are, know if I don't even know if African. I think these are measures usually done or you know done by their people. If I'm not wrong, that mm. that was my point. I don't even know if the um, African people have, uh, the African countries have people. Qualified that that's right. Actually, yeah. actually, no. I think that back. Actually, no. I think that back. I think that back. Come on. How how many of us are living in America and of African origins? Mm. Almost all of us. Uh, Amy, what's your job title? Um, I don't like to talk about my job on the okay. podcast. Now I'm, playing, I'm a yeah, I'm an engineer. Same here, right? <laughs> if you can't tell me that they are people like you and I, who happen to also be proficient at their jobs, right? at the engineering jobs and tell me that there is not one African somewhere proficient at, you know, carbon dating, right? So honestly, if they return it, if the uh, African countries really want to find out if that is the original, they can find out that the problem, now the problem is, I mean, we know our countries, come on. <laughs> we know, we know the level of corruptions in, in African countries. The, pro- the real problem is, Will our current leaders, you know, be trustworthy enough not to cut deals, you know, and not falsify um, reports? That's the that, that's the real question, right there. At least that's what I think. No, I mean, I do. 
Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I do feel like basically we don't need audit auditors uh, of everything that's going on in that country. Uh, I mean, in our continent, we do need like auditors on this, and there should be a special task force, as we say basically in making sure that when they go in, we're going to see, first of all, the museum are going to have to close down. Majority of the museum, if it's just like a museum of African arts, like why would you still have now more arts if we come in and, you know, if they're going to be able to hide it for the entire life and never put it in the display, they could, but like, Majority of these arts is out and we can see them. We know it doesn't belong there because that's how they make money. Majority of the time it's general public that have pays their money to go see it. So if that museum is there and it's not empty after you have said you've returned our stuff, then there should be another extra step that Africans needs to take. Um, I was I was going to say about like probably like the artifacts that are that they're sending back being fake um i think they are <laughs> but but you know i i know robbie made the point that you know there's there's probably you know an african that that could be able to uh, what you call it carbon date but i i also think like because it's been away from home for so long like i don't know i feel like it's a little bit tough for somebody to like be able to authenticated you know actually, actually it's not it's not the reason why they are capable of taking a piece of fabric and tell you that it dates 1500 bc it's it's because they have been doing it the matter doesn't change right the matter doesn't change it only adds on right uh if you look at the skeleton only the uh the dirt keeps adding on and the way that it eroded, you, you can look at it and estimate the time, uh, how long it has been since it started, it started eroding. So no, I, it is possible. The question is, will, um, will we have trustworthy people in charge to not falsify? Because I love, I love our countries, but come on. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Yeah, yeah but this also brings up the question because that's where now uh, majority white people are stemming on, on they're basing their opinion not returning it because they think like we are not capable of doing it we are not capable of taking care of it or we are not capable of knowing what is real and what is not real but so, that should not be the question <laughs> that should not be the question it is mine it doesn't matter that I can take care of it or not bring it back when you buy a car when you buy a car if i steal your car and the police finds it and return it to you they're not gonna be i'm not gonna be like yo she can't take care of her car properly she can't change the oil like i do so so she she shouldn't she shouldn't be keeping this right they're gonna be like man are you out of your damn mind right it's your car if you choose to run it to the ground you run it to the ground and nobody gonna tell you anything Right. So for the same reason, if I tell you return the uh, sarcophagus of the pharaoh to us right, and you tell me that you're not going to take of it, 
guess what? I don't want to take care of it. I want to put it in his grave where it belongs. Right? I don't want people to look at it. I want his body to rest where his body is supposed to be resting. Right? Now, if you're talking about art, like a sculpture, right? That's not your business. I put the sculpture, I put the sculpture uh, in the glass, right? There, palm soft. You know, and still, even if I wasn't going to take care of it, that's none of your business. It's mine. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's the funniest analogy. <laughs> but it is true. No, yeah, no, yeah. it makes it makes perfect sense. It's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like uh, the, the same thing that they're doing in Egypt that they constantly always do where they go dig up these tombs. And you know what I'm saying? I, and I, I think that's, I feel like that's a little bit disrespectful to like unearth a buried body. I don't know. Like, oh, I, I got a good one for you. Amy, tell me what would happen if you go to your local cemetery with the shovel and start digging a body. What's nah, they, I'm going to go to jail, bro. Cause that's okay. That's called what? <laughs> that's creating a grave. Right. Yeah. Right. Isn't that what the wait? That's that's basically what it is. Like that's they, that's archaeologists do oh. that, but that's age, what bro. that's what Western archaeologists do. They go yeah. into these <laughs> other countries and they they go yeah, bro. especially uh, Egypt. Yeah, they <laughs> love they love going to Egypt and knocking down the noses, <laughs> so, right? Because it's them thick ass noses. And which is so disrespectful. Uh, the other reason why we really hate it, like the Afri- African art being owned by uh, the West is just the deformation they're giving it. Where where it benefits them, where oh, it so. benefits them, like Egypt, because they know the richness in Egypt, they know the arts and whatever, but when they wanted to give it like a skewed view, what did they happen to do? remove chopped off the noses of the original statue so that they can say oh it was actually supposed to be thin and all but even if you look at that just the the mentality is just off to me like right on that i recommend um anyone who's listening i recommend you to check out check anta diop yeah all right he's a he was a panafricanist uh historian and he had this interesting book i can't remember the name of it for the life of me and I, when i read it it was in french i read it some i don't know nine ten years ago essentially it was referring to people of my tribe uh Bamilikes from cameroon and they were they were telling they were descendant of egyptians right and we are black as as they come i mean for those who've seen me, you know, we are black as they come. So there is a direct correlation from, um, from the people from Cameroon, from the Bamlike from Cameroon, the West, West Cameroon to, uh, and the people from, from Egypt. And before that, actually, the people of my tribe came from Sudan, then Egypt, and then progressed to Cameroon, right? So when they knock down those noses, right, they knock them down to put them thin ones and say, no, they were white. <laughs> they, they wasn't black, you know what I mean? But anyway, that was just a side um, side note. Check out, check out that job. 
it's a good uh, they are good reads nah i know um malik i know you wanted to say something bro you can uh yeah i just wanted to uh benito mentioned about some of the concerns that these uh countries might have about how safe these artifacts might be when they return well Benin City, in preparation for the return of the Benin bronzes, uh, is constructing, I believe it's called the, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it has a name yet, but it's a museum that uh, will be, that is said to be completed in 2023. And I think this is another one example of how African countries are ready to keep these artifacts safe. I know we can say that, uh, we can quote Trevor Noah and say that we knew what we were doing when we made them and we knew how to keep them. That's why they survived for so long. But uh, another example that I can give is uh, Senegal constructed a museum of black civilization, I think in uh, it was completed in 2018. And this is my favorite. In Nairobi, the National Museum launched an, an initiative called the Invisible, Invisible Inventories in March of this year, 2021, where uh, empty display stations or empty cases were set up uh, simply to answer the question, that the West keeps asking, are you going to keep them safe or do you have places ready for these artifacts? So in the Nairobi Museum right now, you can go there and find that there's about nine empty cases that are set and are empty waiting for them for, I think, about nine artifacts for a certain tribe along the Tana River. Like they're waiting for these artifacts to be returned and that's where they will be housed. So I think Africa's preparing or has done enough to prepare for the return of these artifacts. The question is, what are the Western governments doing to, 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 to open the dialogue for the return of these artifacts? And that's the thing. They're not. <laughs> like they, they're making all these excuses because, again, it's kind of like it's kind of like a slap in the face. You know what I mean? Because it's like we feel like you you can't do nothing with these stuff. You know, it's kind of again, it's kind of like looking down on us on some like Oh, you guys are not as civilized yet to even like, I don't know, stuff like that just doesn't make sense. Oh, how are you going, how are you supposed to take care of the body of one of your leaders? Exactly. Newsflash, you're not because that body should be in the earth. Exactly. Uh, I just wanted to ask, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. of course, I'm pro restitution, but, uh, at the same time, I wanted to ask, Please do not crucify me. I don't. I don't want to become the second Louis. <laughs> Yo, you guys are making us seem so terrible. <laughs> we don't have to intimidate. You. I mean, we say your man, and will cut it out. <laughs> I'm just yes. staying out of staying out of your business. I'm letting you do the talking. So, <laughs> yeah. So the question is, are we? crying for the return of these artifacts for aesthetics or do we do we have the right channels in place that will help us learn the knowledge that we need to learn from them mm. oh hell yeah we do have it's gonna help us a thousand times and it's not just for aesthetic we can use it for aesthetic but some of them do carry true meaning like a piece of hair i just said from the ethiopian king there's history about that king. The children and children of our children will be able to go and see that hair because it belonged to Ethiopian king. Majority of African children are not going to be able to travel to Europe to go see that. And there's that one thing that majority of people learn a lot, like 
I'm not going to say majority because I don't know the statistic, but a lot of people learn a lot by associating physical and oral and they make it into a single piece. That Benin bronze, I can learn about it, but actually having a sight of it is another knowledge that I'm getting that I couldn't. I haven't seen the Benin bronze. I've learned about it. If it was in Africa, I would try to go see. But why would I want to go to pay Europe to go see that bronze, uh, Benin bronze? Here's a question. In American school, uh, the children are learning about aquatic life, what some schools do. They take a trip to the aquarium. Right? When they want to learn, when they learn in history class, what some schools do. Take a trip to the museum. So, if you have, uh, if African countries have their stuff back, uh, and they are teaching in a history course, in a history course about, uh, King Joya or Menelik II or who, who else, right? What should they do? Take a trip to the museum. So, regardless of the reason why, uh, we are asking those artifacts back, it will be benefiting us. It will be benefiting the African continent as a whole. It will be benefiting uh, the youth to know about their history. It will be, you know, benefiting, hopefully, um, the infrastructure, touristic infrastructure, by having all those people paying money to come and see the art. So the motive um, behind why we are requesting that art back, I don't think matters nearly as much as recovering said art. That's, that's what I think. Well, I guess that would also require like the restructuring of the African education system, if I'm not wrong, because <laughs> some of these, some of these historical figures and artifacts and, you know, the remains that are abroad, they are, they are hardly taught in depth in Africa. I so, disagree. I learned about Menelik too in uh, my history class. We were talking about, you know, slavery and all. And Menelik too was uh, the he was an Ethiopian king, right? King Joya was actually he led a rebellion in Cameroon against uh, the colonizer, right? And today, there's actually you can go to his mansion. You can go to there's a big statue. That is very well known, and you can go and see that statue. I've taken a couple trips there. You know, I've seen it. Uh, they also teach you how uh, he helped making a mechanism that grinds uh, dried corn to make couscous. In in Africa, they tell you about this. So this is all stuff that I have seen, all stuff that I have learned in class. Do we learn nearly as much as we should? No. Um, it won't necessarily mean a complete restructural of the educational system, at least for the countries that teaches it. Mm-hmm. Completely agree because despite everything, the African education system has to change. So having this maybe will be another motivation for us to do that. 
But if you have ever visited any African museum, you don't just go in and like, oh, there's an art and there's no history behind it. I've visited African museum. I've went to the the African monument in Dakar, Senegal. I've seen uh, uh, people, historians who are working in Gore Museum. They do have people who are teaching this are like history behind each and every art or each and every incident that might have been recorded through the art crafts. So once they are there, people will learn about them. But most of the time when they are not there, nobody's, I mean, they can teach talk about historically like orally but it it loses more meaning by not having the physical like physical copy of what you're talking about well um i think it's good to be positive but you know it will help us when we receive these things back but given that most of these countries have laws in place that prevent them from returning these artifacts what if we ask ourselves the question that what if they do not return them? What are we going to do? Are we going to just keep crying for, for all of eternity or are we going to do something about it? Personally, I feel like instead of just asking for these artifacts, like artifacts back right now and, you know, waiting, uh, making noise all over social media, I think we can we can try to start introducing the importance of these artifacts to our students, to to everybody out there. There's a lot of material online, like photographs of these artifacts and information about where they were found and, uh, you know, the, the value that they hold to the people that uh, they, they, were, they were looted from. I think schools should start introducing these as much as possible, not wait for us to first receive these artifacts before, you know, um, changing the education system. So what if they don't return them? What are we going to do? 100% agreed. Uh, 100% agreed. But the truth is, I don't think there's much we can do anyway, at least not this is In this world, money is power, and we don't have that, right? Everything we have is controlled by those Western countries. So it comes back to what I've always been saying. We need to control our resources. So we control our resources. We have a, we have a way to leverage. We have a leverage, right? Uh, if... For example, in Congo, you stop um, whatever country from exploiting uh, the coltan mines and you do it yourself, right? You can tell them, you know what? We're not selling to you until you do this. You cripple the economies, you cripple their economies and say, we're going to keep crippling you. And so you give us stuff back, right? So until we have that about gaining ship, we can't do a damn thing. So I agree with you. We should start teaching, revamping the system, not teaching more about uh, our countries to um, our youth before doing anything else. Like in America, I don't know how, I don't even know if any American knows the history, uh, the proper history of colonization. I don't think they know that there was one country in Africa that Ethiopia has never been colonized. I don't think they know that uh, Manila too far off the colonizer. I don't think they know that. What do they know? They know about the 4th of July. They know about 1776. They know about um, uh, the Battle of Alamo, right? So in African countries, we should stop teaching those to children. We should stop teaching about the uh, about von Bismarck being you know, 
what I don't even remember. Uh, we should stop teaching about uh, what sparked the um, Second World War or First World War, and maybe we should just talk more about how um, troops were uh, the um, Africa became a battlefield because of you know the the um, the Western the uh, the Westerners' actions. We should teach them more about um, our heroes, African heroes, and all that. So, yeah, you are right. Amy, you have something to say before I change the topic? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Okay. So this one, I feel like, obviously, looting, rabbit. Um, I think I spoke to Malik about it, too, and I had a conversation with Amy about it. <laughs> but um, recently, there was an outrage when a 25-foot statue was put up in front of Rockefeller Center to honor African culture, in quotation. And it sparked a lot of controversies and gave mixed feelings. So I wanted to hear your take on if you had an opportunity to look at the statue. I want to hear your your feelings about it in general. Um, <laughs> I mean, for, first and foremost, I think when I first saw the article, I didn't even like obviously like the statue catches your eye. Right. Like, but it wasn't the statue wasn't bad. I think what bothered me was the term African culture. That's that's the first thing that bothered me because it made no sense to me. I don't know what that means. You shouldn't look at this continent and just group all those countries that have a million different cultures, you feel me, within their own countries and be like, oh, this is, boom, African culture. And even that, let's just say that term existed. Even then, like, that statue does not even represent that. You know what I mean? Like, that whole, that whole thing didn't make sense to me. 10 out of 10, highly recommend taking it down. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, I wasn't a fan. I was not a fan of it, the, the whole thing altogether. So if I remember well, uh, I remember reading a little on it and it said something about mixing. The goal was to mix cultures, right? It was to mix the Western culture and cultures from Africa, right? In which case, I kind of applaud the effort. Like, I could see the good that could come from mixing art and the culture, the cultural art. You remember I was telling you guys about this one. I was thinking about black magic, which I'm still thinking about. So I'm not going to dive into details. But, um, if, if you're talking about, you know, mixing the art, right? I, I guess I can see it as a way to bridge a gap, right? But if it's just another fancy way to talk art from African countries, that's that's gonna be a no for me, dog. And yeah, I looked at those um those statues and they look like those cartoonish quote unquote African, you know, statues and I gotta admit, it kinda felt funny, but I didn't dive into it. Like if they're just saying, Okay, we're gonna mix African and Western cultures. I say, yeah, sure. Why not? 
But if it's some, but point, it's it has the name Rockefeller attached to it. Come on, it's probably just another um, way to capitalize on uh, on stolen art. So depending on how things turns out, I say take that, take take it down. Or, I think I needed to give more. Uh... Can I can I cut you off a little bit? First, I don't know if you're gonna call it African culture, bro. At least go all the way. Wait, I thought they they it, made it clear that yeah makes. But yeah, yeah, but why call it African culture? You know what I'm saying? What? Like that's that's not what they, it is. They didn't say just they didn't say it was a mix of African culture. Bro, culture. I like, just I just Zeus. That's Greek. Right. That's, it's not even. It's that's great. not even. Yeah, that's not even. <laughs> It's not even American, but it's great. Yeah. Right, so right. they said they were building it to honor African culture. Right. But they might the problem. Yeah. We... Yes. yes. And the issue here is like, said, you can't merge. For me, what is throwing me off uh, for now, even reading it, is like you merging African culture with the European culture into an artifact. I just don't think like a mixture of greek mythology and and what they're calling african culture is is something that should be used to honor africans that doesn't make sense yeah so where i agree with you is you can't call it an honor to african culture and mix it with any other culture no if it's an honor to african culture you honor the african culture because now it comes off as if the only way to make the African culture worthwhile is to add a Western culture. You feel me? Like, as it, it, basically what it's saying is without the, um, without the, this Western culture, this thing can't stand. It ain't shit. You know what I mean? So that's where I will agree with you. If they went about it a different way, right? If they had said something else, then uh, it's honoring the African culture. I could see it. Right? If they were saying it's a way to bridge the gap, it's a way to uh, to merge the culture, like a you know, to merge the culture like a like a marriage. Right? Yeah, I could see that. But this, nah. Well, I think even if it's a representation of different cultures, it's a bit funny how they will mix myth with African culture, which is and was real. You know, so <laughs> it's a bit funny how they would mix myth and reality and call it a representation of the different cultures. Yes. in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, to to in regards to the article that you mentioned, I think Amy summed it up with that example of Beyonce and the Tiffany Company. Basically, it's a black exploitation, the exploitation of uh, black people and black culture, the with the illusion of inclus- inclusivity while making profit in the background, they only give us that illusion that, uh, you know, they are open to black culture only when it benefits them and when they need something, you know, out of it. Um, I think before the Western world can claim to be in full support of um, black culture or the Black Lives Movement, they need to first show support for black identity, black history and black cultural heritage, you know. So that brings us back to the fact that we need our artifacts so that we can retrace our roots, understand who we are. Like that's the only way that they can prove that they're in support of African culture. Uh, Luden, you have something to say? 
I did, but yeah, I all took my points. Yeah, but to me, to me, wow. this sculpture, like, I'm sorry to the artist, really, if he had a good intention in presenting African culture. First of all, a lot of Africans are the ones who got mad at this art because if they feel like they're trying to sum up an African culture, and if you read it and you're just using Luba and Maasai and West African, South African, they're all like, that is not my culture. It's just you summing it. It's specific to the Maasai people. It's specific to the Luba people. Yes, we can embrace it, but like, don't say that you're just putting a statue there. That's the honor that you're trying to give to the people. And plus, we don't know if Kenya, Tanzania, or Congo were contacted to be, to receive the right to actually use their art, their culture to be displayed in a different country. They weren't, because I didn't get a call. <laughs> <laughs> it was like even if the president did it, it's not me. <laughs> and thirdly, the the timing was way off uh to the African and to the African American uh community because the time it was put up, it was literally when we are fighting for our rights in America, for black people's rights in America. And none of it for all these hundreds of years, they've been like pledging and asking to receive equal rights, equal treatment, stop police brutality against uh, African-American, against the African. The only way and true way you can honor an African is actually giving them what they're asking, not giving them a statue that you're going to make money out of it. Because that statue being at the Rockefeller Center, I don't think even a dollar is going to go back to the Maasai community or to the Luba community. Most of the money is going to be towards the artist himself and it's going to be towards America and the Rockefeller Center. They're the ones who are making money out of it. How much money are Maasai people going to receive prior from this thing? You know? Um, I strongly agree with that. Personally, I believe that if they wanted to erect a, a, a representation of the African culture, they would have commissioned an African artisan, you know, to take charge of that, you know, the development of that statue. That would be a proper representation of true African culture, true African values. Instead, you know, I, I feel like that's just a misrepresentation of Africa. Like you've mentioned, there would be a lot of misinterpretations of the artifact itself. Um, by the people that live there because it's not a true representation of true African values and culture. I do believe this guy had good intention with it. It's just like the way he went about it, the type of art that he put outside that can easily be misinterpreted and bring a negative impact on our community, that's where he went wrong. Yeah, that was definitely offensive. But um, I think we did cover a lot today. Um, the the four of us had a great conversation. Ludin, Ludin was a prospector. He just he just listened in today. Um, what did we talk about? Uh, we talked about Sorry, why. <laughs> no, no, I know that. No, I'm saying like you know we did talk about why. Um, why we thought African artifacts are still in the Western 
museums. We talked about whether or not we'd be able to get it back. Um, and that also just sparked different ideas and conversations off of that. And we talked about the, <laughs> the African culture uh, statue that's out there in New York City. But yeah, uh, make sure you do check out episode two, which was on the African educational system. Make sure you're following us on our social media platforms. IG is official underscore Next Stop Africa. Um, we're on Twitter, <laughs> which is underscore Next Stop Africa. And we are also on LinkedIn, which is just Next Stop Africa. So definitely follow us on LinkedIn. Um, where am I forgetting? Also, make sure that, you know, when you listen to the episodes, you're liking the episode, downloading it, favoring it, uh, leaving awesome comments and, you know, five stars, nothing less, please. And thank you in advance. And um, my favorite part of the episodes always is the song of the day. I don't know, Benny, are you going to do the song of the day? Yes. Um, the song of the day is going to be coming from South Africa. And I apologize to South Africans if I'm saying this wrong. It's Colon Colo by Kamo Mpela. You know that? You know that's my middle name. That's greatest. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Since when? Oh, that's, Which that. one? Kulu is my middle name. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes, my middle name is Kulu. <laughs> oh. What? You think I'm picking okay. this up? What? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just surprised. <laughs> I didn't know you have roots from South Africa, from the Zulu Nation. So, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yes, from lineage. That's why uh, my dancing skills are unmatched. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Now, um, make sure you tune into our next episode um, where we're going to finally do fashion. Um, hopefully, nobody gets scared this time at the idea of fashion. <laughs> It'll be fun, I promise. Um, but yeah, as always, until next time, peace. <laughs>